Welcome to Collective Church. If we've never met before, my name is Tyler. I'm one of the lead pastors. I have the privilege of leading alongside of my wife, Lee. We are glad that you are here as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. I wanna pray for us, and then I want us to dig in. God, in these moments, I pray that you would speak. God, I need you. We need you. Have your way. Holy Spirit, come. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how you view the hospital. I don't know if you get excited about going to the hospital, but I think I can safely assume that most of us don't look forward to going to the hospital. We're not like, you know what I really want to do? Be interrupted my daily life and head to the emergency room. Just be a really great way to spend a Tuesday. Most of us avoid going to the hospital. For some of us, it's really bad. Like we have limbs falling off and, and really difficult colored things happening out of our bodies. And we're like, you know what? It's fine. It'll just sort itself out. It's fine. I'm bleeding from my eyes, but I'll be okay. Because <laughs> we're like, I don't, I don't want to admit defeat and then go to the hospital. I know what's at the hospital. I don't know if I want to go. There was a time when our daughter, Ava, who is now seven, she was two, and we had to take her to the hospital. We were living in Calgary at the time, and, and we had my mom and stepdad visiting, and, uh, and we thought, we'll go to the dinosaur museum in Drumheller. And it's amazing. Big, giant dinosaurs, and, and they're not real, alive. They're real, but, you know, just so you know, it's not Jurassic Park. And so we go there, and it's amazing. I'm watching my two-year-old, and honestly, I felt like I was two years old. I was like, this is, this is like my childhood come true right now. And we had such an amazing time. And then at the very end, we get to this aquarium, and I put Ava up on a stool to take a look at what's inside, and she falls. Now, you have to understand, in our house and in our family, that's not an abnormal thing. We are exceptionally clumsy. Like, I, it's a problem for me. One time, Ava, she stubbed her toe, and then when she reached down to rub her toe, cracked her head on the coffee table. And I was like, listen, I love you. It doesn't get better. I'm 37. I have not improved. I have not learned my limbs. This is the cross we bear for our life. And so when she fell, I was thinking, this is just business as usual. Like, welcome to the family. We oftentimes hurt ourselves. And when I went to pick her up, I realized something was wrong, that this was not business as usual. I looked at her face, and she had a cut in her eyebrow, and, and blood was pouring into her face. Well, then I go into full panic mode. And when it comes to my kids and protecting my kids, I'll fully admit in front of all of you, hopefully it's a safe place, that in those moments, I think I'm barely a Christian. Because I'm like, no one can move fast enough. I'm like, get out of my way! I need to do something. We Luckily, I had my mom there who's a nurse who could walk us through a couple things that we needed to do, but we knew we're gonna have to go to the hospital. And I'm playing all the things in my head, right? The two-year-old, we're going to a hospital. I don't know where the hospital is in Drumheller. And so we make our way to the hospital. We rush over, we get there, we meet the doctor and he's wonderful and kind. And then he drops the bomb. He's like, um, listen, he talk, he's talking to Lee and I and he's like, one of you is gonna have to hold Ava down while we give her stitches. Now, we have 
agreements in our marriage and relationship. There's certain things that Lee does and certain things that I do. She handles a lot of the bodily functions of our children. Just, I just put that out there. Because there's one that she doesn't do well with, and that is blood. If Lee sees blood, Lee passes out, turns white. It's really scary. And so we have this agreement. I get, the, I get to pull the short straw when it comes to blood. And I'm like, I'll handle blood. You handle all the other stuff. And so I knew that in that moment, it was going to be me. I was going to have to hold Ava down. And, and I was thinking through it, and I was going, okay, this, she's two. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with two-year-olds, but you can't reason with them very well. It's not like I could explain to Ava, okay, Ava, this is going to make you feel better. I know it'll be uncomfortable right now, but it'll be, it'll be better in the long haul. No, I was very aware that, that this was going to be difficult, and she wasn't going to understand why. And I was going to be holding her down, looking at her face to face. And so then the moment came. Doctor came in. He said, okay, get ready. And so I pinned Ava's arms down. And I got as close as I could. And I looked her face to face. And she started screaming in my face. Why, daddy? Why, daddy? Daddy. And I kept it together. Right? I was like, it's okay, honey. It'll be okay. It's, it's going to be over soon. I promise it'll be okay. And then we go out into the hallway, and, and Lee comes over, and, and Ava goes to Lee, and then I just broke. Like, I ugly cried in the hallway. And, you know, I did not care if people would have seen me, because I was just thinking about how horrible that was. I'm, I know that it's the right thing for my kid, but I'm, but I'm restricting and holding her down, and, in, and, and I'm, I am willingly allowing her to experience pain. Like in that moment, I was, I was reflecting and it has stuck with me so profoundly. It felt like an eternity as I'm holding her down, as I'm looking at her face saying, I promise this is worth it. It was an incredibly difficult moment for me as a dad. Even as I was prepping and I was revisiting and thinking through that, it brought back all sorts of feelings because it's one of those moments in my life that I will never be able to forget. And it got me thinking here I am as her dad, face to face as she is experiencing what she would consider to be the worst agony of her life. And it made me think about Jesus. It made me think about Jesus and it made me think about God, the Father. Jesus has been beaten. He's been or sentenced to death by crucifixion. And there is this heartbreaking moment found in Matthew 27. In Matthew 27, verse 45, it says this. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And that moment where Jesus is there and he's asking dad, where are you? I'm enduring pain right now. Where are you? And I don't know what God was thinking in that moment, but I couldn't imagine that God wouldn't been, have been feeling some of the pain and weight of that moment. What it must have been like to see his son suffering like that, hanging on the cross, beaten almost to death. Every single time that he pulls himself up to breathe, he's experiencing agony and sinks back down. 
And it makes you wonder, why? Why would God let Jesus go through that? Why, why would that happen? Because here's what I know. I have a tremendous amount of love for our church and the people that are in it, but I would not let my kids suffer for you. It would be really, really, really miraculous for me to be in a place where I was like, I'm willing to let my children endure suffering for you. I hated holding Ava down. I hated holding her down and knowing what was happening to her, and I certainly would not endure her, or I would not invite her to endure that for someone else. So what was it? Why did Jesus endure what he did? What was it about you that he saw? Is it possible that God sees you very differently than you see yourself? Is it possible that the way that you see yourself is very different than the way that God sees you? Is it possible that God would go to any length in order to rescue you? Because here's the truth. I, I think a lot about my children and, and the reality. As soon as we knew that Lee was pregnant, there's this immediate sense of I would do anything for this child. And, and then as they grow and develop, it has not changed. It continues to increase. I would I would, it's not hyperbole, I would jump in front of a bus if it meant saving my kids without even a second thought. Like I wouldn't even hesitate. If I knew that it would save them, I would do anything. I would willingly give my life for my kids if I knew that it would save them. And if I'm willing to do that as a completely, deeply flawed human being, like make no mistake, I'm not a perfect human nor a perfect father. I am deeply flawed and very aware of them. If I would do that for my kids as a dad, how much more would our heavenly father do everything for us? Why did God send his son to die on that cross? It's because he loves us. He loves you far more than you might realize and I want to let you know today that you are God's sons and daughters. And so often we get our identity mixed up, and today is an invitation to be reminded. And what happens for all of us is he sees where we're headed. He sees that we're headed toward ruin. We're going to destroy our lives. And he says, no, don't go there. Don't do that. Let me make a way for you. He doesn't want to leave us where we are in our state. He invites us to respond to him. Jesus paid the price that you could not pay. He lived the life you could not live so that you can never take credit for what he's done. There's this tendency to think, if we just work a little harder, then maybe I'll earn it. Maybe I'll prove to God that it was worth what he did through Jesus, and, and we can never do enough to make it worth enough. He reminds us that this is a gift that he gives for us. I agree. <laughs> God knows our tendencies, and when it's all on us, what do we find? We crumble. We find ourselves trying to put this weight. Some of us as Christians, we do this. I surrendered my life to Jesus, but then I'll take it from here. And we find ourselves going, why am I so exhausted? Why do I feel so worn out? 
because you were not meant to carry some of the things that you're currently carrying. God made a way back to him. And I want you to pay attention to the, the, the culture that we are living in. We are living in a culture that has undertaken this great experiment in self-reliance. Just need to put it on myself. I just need to be the better version of myself. I just need to handle it from here. I have it all within me. I can do this on my own. But here's the problem. This experiment in self-reliance is killing us, almost literally. We have higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression because we can't control everything. And actually, if you look at all the studies, we have lower rates of life satisfaction than ever before. We have access to everything. We're seemingly connected and yet not connected at all. All these things that we think, this will satisfy me, this will fix things, this will make me feel like I'm good enough, and none of it does. Instead, we are invited not to put our hope in ourselves, but to fix our eyes in the creator of the universe in which we can put our hope in. We look at the cross that is empty. We are reminded of the grave that is empty because our hope can be put in Jesus himself. Jesus died on that cross. He went into the grave. And Easter is an invitation again to put our hope in him, to surrender to him. But the reminder for, the, for us is that Jesus didn't just go to the grave and then it was done and that was it. See, there was so much more to the story and God was do, about to do something miraculous. Three days later, the grave was empty. And there are multiple accounts in the Bible. Bible split up into two major parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New Testament, we see four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call them Gospels. And in that, we find this reality, all different perspectives saying the same things. Mark tells us that grave was empty. Luke tells us that grave was empty. Matthew tells us that Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the grave expecting to find Jesus' body or the, the, the grave to be closed off, and instead they came face to face with an angel. In Matthew 28, verse 5, it says, Then the angel spoke to the women and said, Don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Now, Jesus had told his disciples and followers, I'm going to die and then come back to life, but they were like, yeah, but I've never seen that happen, so, and so when he died, they're like, I guess that's it, I guess we're done. They, it, this is the reminder for all of us. We so quickly forget what Jesus says. He's like, okay, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna conquer death. And they're like, he died. What else do we do now? You wanna go home or whatever? And, and the problem that we have is that we're 2,000 years later where we go, well, of course he rose from the dead, but let's just take that expectation of I know how the story ends and just imagine what it would have been like in that scenario. We're going, I don't know if, if you've experienced it, but I have yet to experience someone raised from the dead. It, it hasn't happened. 
And so this is what I would consider an uncommon thing, right? This is not something that's just a regular occurrence. And there was weight to it that he was, was even more significant. Jesus was dead for three days. That number is significant. For Jewish people, there was this sense of you're not really dead unless you're dead for three days. Then you're dead. <laughs> Which is helpful for us to know because there's a degree you're like, I'm pretty sure dead. And they're like, let's just wait. Just make sure. And so by every single standard, he was dead. And yet, the Bible tells us that 500 people saw him face to face after. More than that, there is, there's almost no scholarly debate. There's some, but there's a ton of scholarly evidence that says we have accounts of Jesus dying and we have accounts of him alive after. And they have all sorts of reasons to explain it. Let me explain it. He rose from the dead. And he didn't just rise from the dead with a couple of people. 500 people saw him. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. It sits at the very center of our faith. For those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, N.T. Wright, who is a theologian, says it like this. You see, the bodily resurrection of Jesus isn't a take-it-or-leave-it thing. As though some Christians are welcome to believe it and others are welcome to not believe it. Take it away and the whole picture is totally different. Take it away and Karl Marx was probably right to accuse Christianity of ignoring the problems of the material world. Take it away and Sigmund Freud was probably right to say that Christianity is a wish fulfillment religion. Take it away and Friedrich Nietzsche was probably right to say that Christianity was a religion for wimps. Put it back, and you have a faith that can take on the postmodern world that looks to Marx, Freud, and Nietzsche as his prophets, and you can beat them at their own game with the Eastern news that the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The way of Jesus is upside down. Life from death. This is the center of our faith. Because Jesus rose from the grave, we are reminded that God demonstrated power over death itself. Power over any force beyond our control. And if God can conquer death, there is nothing that he is not capable of. But I want to note, I want to make sure you see that Jesus did not avoid the difficulty in this. That Jesus didn't just say, simply say, now I've conquered death, let's move on and, and done things the easy way. He didn't simply conquer death without the cross. He suffered. He endured difficulty for the sake of something better. The story of Jesus is a reminder that as followers of the way of Jesus, we don't avoid hard things. We don't avoid difficult things because we know that God can redeem everything. Tim Keller says this, Christians see hard things as indeed hard and not to be sought. But we have been armed with this great truth, namely that when received with faith in God, Hard things lead to the best things. 
Hard things lead to the best things. Even when all hope seems lost, God can redeem even the hardest things. Resurrection reminds us of that. But sometimes, and I'm willing to bet some of us in the room are experiencing it, sometimes God uses difficult things in our life to remind us to put our faith and trust in him again. Sometimes he has to help us get to the very end of ourselves. And I don't know what you're going through. Maybe right now life is great and you're like, I'm just so thankful. Or maybe you're, you're really dealing with something difficult and heavy. Maybe right now you're going, how can God be good and all of this happen? How can he redeem this? Here's what I know to be true. God will use every single moment of every single day to try to get your attention, to try to remind you of how much he loves you, to try to remind you of your need for him. God may even use challenges to, to draw you to him. But this Easter, I believe that God wants you to know the lengths that he went to to give you hope, hope for today and hope for tomorrow. But with this hope, it requires death, death to yourselves, death to your desires, death to your way. God sent his own son to live the life that you could never live, to pay the price that you could never pay, to restore you to a relationship with God you'll spend your whole life looking for. Is it possible that even right now, God is trying to get your attention. That God is trying to speak directly to you. Maybe today is the day that he is inviting you to give your life to him, to trust in him, maybe for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a very long time. And if you aren't sure, if you're wrestling, if you're not sure what you think about all of this and you're wondering about Jesus, I want you to know that God sent me to tell you about the Easter story and the depths of his love. God's love is not like the kind of love that we experience that is conditional. See, God loves us on our worst day. You know the day that you feel the least worthy? That's the day he would have given his life for you and did. Jesus gave his life, sacrificed his life for you on your worst day. And so all the lies that you believe about the things that create distance, I can't, I can't surrender to God. My life is a mess. I need to sort everything out. And he reminds us that's not how this works. Our sin separates us from God, who is perfect and is holy. And God sent his son, Jesus, who is God, to live a perfect and sinless life. He died on that cross as a sacrifice on our behalf, atoning for our sins. He conquered the, the curse that death had over us when he was resurrected. And in him, we can have relationship with God. Through him, we have hope and eternal life. Through him, we have access to God. And today, we celebrate the grave is empty. Death could not hold him. The curtain has been torn. God is here. Hope is here, and his name is Jesus. 
And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, today is a good day to do it. Surrender your life to him. Give up your way of life and choose Jesus's way of life. And if you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, Romans 10, 9 to 11 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. If that's you, take the step. Surrender to Jesus as Lord and publicly declare your faith in him. We wanna join you in that journey. We're here for you. If that's you, talk to me after. Talk to Lee after. Anyone with a lanyard or come up, the prayer team will be up here later. Come up and allow them to pray with and for you. But for those of us who are Christians, those of us who would call ourselves followers of the way of Jesus, we are reminded that we do not celebrate a dead savior, we celebrate a risen savior. Jesus conquered death. But maybe, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to guess that maybe some of us in here, our trust in God has been waning. There was a time that we went, I trust you, but that time has, you've had difficult things and life come in the way and show up and it has been more and more difficult for you to trust him and maybe today is an opportunity to renew that trust. I wanna point back to that time when I'm holding Ava down and, and she's getting stitches that will make her whole, that will help her. And at some level, she had to trust that her dad cared more about her than she understood. And maybe that's the reality that you need to know today, that God, your heavenly Father, can be trusted, that he sees you and he knows all the things you've gone through, that he's been close in all of the difficult things. And maybe you've been trying to do it on your own, your own thing, and finding yourself worn out and beat up, coming to the very end of yourself, and maybe that's exactly where you need to be. Maybe it's time to surrender again. Maybe it's time to die to something lesser, to live for something greater. C.S. Lewis, who is brilliant in his work, Mere Christianity, says this, the principle runs through all life from, death, from top to bottom. Give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will ever really be yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. Looks a whole lot like the world around us. But look for Christ. Look for Jesus and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. I do want to be very clear with you. For those of us that have made the decision to follow Jesus, there is a cost to following Jesus. It's total our whole life. And I think at some level, we've settled for some sort of North American version where we can be Christians on Sunday and that's it. 
where we say one time, you know what, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower, but I don't really follow him in any way, in any shape or form. I'm not willing to risk myself because I need to figure out. And, and I think that instead what God is doing in this moment is he's challenging us to go, who told you that was my way of life? It's total. It's death to ourselves. And I believe that for many of us, there is an invitation for us. Don't follow with half-hearted, comfortable intentions. Give your whole life to him. In another quote, N.T. Wright says this, made for spirituality, we wallow in introspection. We just look at ourselves and inside. Made for joy, we settle for pleasure. Made for justice, we clamor for vengeance. Made for relationship, we insist on our own way. Made for beauty, we are satisfied with sentiment. But new creation has already begun. The sun has begun to rise. Christians are called to leave behind in the tomb of Jesus Christ all that belongs to the brokenness and incompleteness of the present world. That, quite simply, is what it means to be Christian. To follow Jesus Christ into the new world, God's new world, which he has thrown open before us. He died for us so that we might live. Quit settling for something less. What would it look like if we actually lived our life desperately every single moment relying on the same power that rose Christ from the dead to lead us? Can you imagine the impact that that would have on those around us? The time for us to do comfortable Christianity, consumer Christianity, where we simply just show up and do whatever is gone. The invitation to live life and surrender our life to a rabbi who lived 2,000 years ago, said he would die and come back to life, and then pulled it off. The invitation is to follow him, fully God and fully man, to live our life in light of resurrection power. The time is done for us to settle for something less and the invitation is for us to go all in. He's worth giving your whole life to. And this is the reminder of Easter. And so I don't know where you're at today. Maybe some of you in the room, you go, I, I, need, to, I need to come to faith or I need to come back to faith. We're gonna have our prayer team that will be up here at the front and they'd love to pray with you. If you wanna talk to someone, find someone with a lantern, we'd love to connect with you. But I wanna take one moment before we respond in worship, and I wanna invite those of us in the room that would call ourselves followers of the way of Jesus to close our eyes. And I wanna pray for us. God, I pray that you would challenge us, that as we're reminded of the resurrection, that you would resurrect the dead things in our life. God, that you would challenge us not to live lives of complacency and comfort, but instead lives of radical obedience. God, forgive us for the times that we've settled for something less. Forgive us for the times that we've simply just gone through the motions trying to satisfy our needs by what the world offers. God, we want you. God, I pray that you would whisper to each one of us, challenge us, convict us, and call us forward. This Easter, as we celebrate, may we not remain the same simply doing things again. God, bring life from death. And for those in the room that need to surrender to you for the very first time or the first time in a long time, give them courage. 
God, let us as a church family wrap our loving arms around them and say, we get to do this together. God, have your way. We desperately need you. Thank you for the cross and that empty grave. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Let's stand.